We're so excited about this new series, Better Together. I'm fired up about this series. I love talking about relationships. I went home and I told my wife, you know, I'm doing a series on relationships. That means I am a relationship expert. <laughs> it's funny, she laughed just like you did. I don't understand. I'm excited about this series though, because you know, all of us want to make our relationships better. Maybe you're married and you want to make your marriage a little bit better, or maybe it's not going so well. You want to get it back to where it was, or maybe you're dating, or maybe you're single and have not a single prospect, but you really are interested in a relationship. Wherever you are in the process, we're excited. We've got something to say for everyone during this series. So thank you guys for being a part of the series. You know, the thing about relationships, the thing is, have you learned this yet that opposites attract, right? How many of you guys know that? Like you, you tend to find someone kind of opposite of who you are. But how many of you guys know then you get married to that person and opposites attack? <laughs> Isn't it funny how that happens? You know what I'm talking about? It's, like, it's weird, right? And so, you know, you fall in love with this guy, ladies. You're like, oh, he's so sweet. He'll talk to anyone. Then you get married and you're like, he'll talk with anyone. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? You fall in love with some girl, guys. You're like, oh man, she's just so organized. And you get married and you're like, she's a control freak. Same issue, right? We're just kind of opposite. My wife likes a vacation. She wants to find every beach around the world, you know? And I'm like, I live by a beach. I don't need more beach. She's like, no, they're different. I'm like, no, they're not. They're the same. They're all sand and water. It's the same. She's like, no, 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 but the sand, look at the sand. She wants to see all the different ones, right? And so when we go, she always has to find a place if there's a beach involved, that there's something for me to do. And so there has to be like some water slide or some kind of theme park-ish near me, you know, so I can go do something. Cause I just lay in the beach like this. I'm just like, I'm like, <sighs> I just huff and puff. And she's like, Bill, we've been laying here three minutes. I'm like, I know, I'm so bored. So I have to have a book or I go through my phone. You know, I just have something to do. You know, like we're just, we're opposite. We're different in that way. She likes a very, very nice and tidy house. She wants to be totally clean. I'm like, the house can be not totally messy, but I don't mind if it's not perfect, you know, but I like a perfectly clean car. She sometimes thinks the car is where the garbage goes. I'm like, no, that's not where the garbage goes. And so we're just different, right? She goes to movies where one person dies slowly over 90 minutes of the movie. I like movies where 90 people die in the first minute. <laughs> just a very different kind of movie. So it's true, we're just kind of opposite, but, but here's what I've learned. If you learn to understand those opposite parts of who you are, if you learn it rather than attacking each other, instead they can compliment one another. And so I've learned that, that we can actually complement each other in a very good way. And so you can get that working for you or it can work against you. It's really your choice. And so today I wanna to talk though about how there are, there's a hidden secret that I really wanna talk about in this series. So this is a hidden secrets of relationships that really last, that go the distance. And so what do they have? that others don't. It may surprise you what we're gonna talk about today. So pull out your notes. If you don't have notes, by the way, we, you can get those on the app. Just download the Church Unlimited app right now. Click on notes and all the notes that I'm gonna be covering are the same sheet I have in front of me, you will have in front of you and you can fill, fill, fill in the blanks and follow along when I encourage you to get our Church Unlimited app. Grab that today from the app store. But as we talk about this, I think we can all admit that we really want to be in relationship. Even singles, that you may say, well, I'm single, but most singles I know are still wanting a relationship. So wherever you are in the process, we really are simply better together. In fact, number one, if you're gonna take some notes is this, God designed you to be better together. We really are simply better together, one with another. So I've, I've got uh, my mugs here and folks, these are after church at all of our campuses, you can get one of these free, free today, better together mugs. We were giving away a set, but you know, they, they, there was a study done. They found that the average American goes to church about once a month. I was like, what? So no, no, we need to improve, improve those odds. So we're giving away this, this set, but you actually get one this week. <laughs> You're on to me. You're on to me. And you got to come back next week to get the other one. You're like, wait a minute. 
He's trying to get us to show up. Yep, you're on me. You're on to me. You got me. So, so make sure you get the set. So we're going to prove your odds of coming to church at least twice this month. Hopefully all month. But anyways, get your better together set. And so but the first one this week, you get better. And this great. It's a nice little glass. And so be sure to get a copy. Get your own uh, right after church out in the atrium. We have those for you uh, to take home today. So, but I want to talk about this, this whole, this whole better together thing. God really did desire us to be better together. Here's how I know. There's too many scripture in the Bible that talks about one another. So if there's all these one another verses, then obviously we're supposed to be in relationship with each other. So let me just go over a few. It says here, love one another. Another scripture says, encourage one another, warn one another, be generous to one another, serve one another, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another. There's so many one another's all throughout the Bible. So clearly, if there's all these one another's and we're supposed to be in relationship so I can love one another and encourage one another and warn one another and pray for one another, all these one another's. So we're supposed to be in a relationship. Now, some of you may think, okay, hold on, Pastor. Okay, that's true, but I don't have to be married to do those things. It's true, you don't have to be married. But many of you want to be married one day. And so if you'll learn how to do all of these one another's in the church first, it's practicing to become healthy, do all these one another's one day when you're married. And so I just want to encourage you. In fact, a couple of these I want to mention. Uh, one, that says be generous to one another. You know, about a month, those of you who call this church your home, whatever campus you go to. In about a month, we're going to have our, our, our once a year annual offering. This year, it's called our 2020 vision offering. And so it's for, it's for this year, next year, and the following year after that. And so we're going to run it for several years. But really, it, it's, it's how we raise resources to be able to improve facilities, open new campuses, things like that to help us reach more people. It's really not about the facilities, though. It's about reaching more people for Christ. For example, uh, we were meeting in a junior high in San Antonio for a long time. Our campus was for five straight years. And so, and we grew some, but it's just pretty tough not to have your own facilities. So the moment we opened our own facility, we went from five, four to 500 attendants to 1300 attendants like that. Isn't that amazing? So it, it just shows you the difference a building makes. Yeah. So because people gave sacrificially for the last few years of that annual offering, we were able to do that. This year, we want to, to give sacrificially again so we can do two things. One, we're, gonna, we're opening, uh, hopefully by Easter's, our goal is to open the Rockport campus that we've been working on for a number of years now. Isn't that great? That's finally coming up. Yep. And then second of all, we'd like to build a new building in Padre Island to reach more people for Christ. They are limited in their space. So we're very excited for Padre Island. I hope you're cheering right now at Padre Island right now. Let's give it up for that campus. It's a great campus, great people out there. And so I just wanna encourage you that when we, when we give above and beyond, we are being generous to one another. And so that's really what you're, you need. no, I'm being generous to your church. Well, what do you think we do with those resources? We make a difference in people's lives with them. That's what we do. And so we're being generous to one another. Uh, we wouldn't have prison campuses if it wasn't people being generous to one another. And so, by the way, did you know that, that, that uh, this happens every month? We get checks from the prison. These men have jobs that don't pay anywhere near what yours would pay. And they give from what they earn in prison. Isn't that amazing? So if they can sacrifice then maybe we should sacrifice too. So being generous to one another, isn't it amazing? We love you guys. So grateful for our, our God behind bars. Simply incredible. incredible. Uh, another thing I want to mention here on this list, it says to serve one another. You know, let me just talk to the ladies real quick for a second. The single ladies in the house, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Just want to talk to you real quick. <laughs> all the single ladies in the house, if you are looking for the man of your dreams, he should be serving in God's house because if he's not serving in God's house, he won't serve in your house one day. So I would be looking for someone who's a servant. You know, this is why I encourage singles to sign up to serve, because if you see someone else single serving, you already know something about their heart. You know they're willing to serve one another. So I want to encourage you to do that, begin to serve, begin to make a difference. It's a game changer. You can always tell the singles that are serving in the greeters, you know, because they're like, hi, welcome to Church Unlimited. Here's your bulletin. 
it's amazing. I'm like, wow, that's kind of awkward. Thank you. If you need anything, my number's at the bottom. We just write it down here. So anyways, I want to encourage you, though, to get involved. Singles, it's a great way to get to know one another. And though, obviously, you have lots of married people that serve, too. It's wonderful. So I want to encourage you to get plugged in to begin to serve. Go beyond yourself. And so you are designed to make a difference in someone else's life. We are designed to be in community. We are designed to be in relationships. So I just want to encourage you to do that. Get plugged in and make a difference. God designed you to be better together. Now, for those of you who are married, who are struggling, who maybe today you're like, you know, I mean, we're having fun and all that, but pastor, I am not having fun right now. Like things are really tough in my marriage right now. That may be the case for you, but I want to encourage you with something. I want to show you some scripture that you may have not thought about applying to your marriage, but that it actually matters. You know, I'm, I'm blessed to have been a witness to my parents' marriage all my life, and they've been married over 50 years, still going strong. Isn't that great? Can we just give it up for my mom and dad? 50 plus years, that's amazing. And so... They raised two kids, one exceptional child, the other one's okay. I'll let you decide who that is. Anyway, so, just kidding. No, we're blessed. My sister and I both are blessed to have amazing parents, still married to this day. And you know, my wife and I have been married over 26 years, and I'm very grateful she's sitting in the service. I'm thankful for her. And so, very, very blessed. Really am. And so I tell her, we have three children. I tell her she's been raising four. She raises me two. She's doing a good job. Thank you, honey. She's helping mature me. Anyways, but you know what? The truth is, is that how do you go the distance in, in a marriage? You need to know something. And, and no one wants to talk about this because this, this isn't popular in the movies or in books, but this is important. There is going to be seasons, moments, when you just have to, have to learn to bear with one another. Nobody likes to hear that, but it's just true. I hate to break it to you, but you're not perfect. So someone that loves you has to occasionally bear with you. They have to bear with qualities about you that they're not crazy about. All of us have those things. And so look at the scripture on this, Ephesians chapter four. It says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. You know, marriage is a calling to be, to be, to be married to someone God's called you to be with them for your, your whole life. And so with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And so there is a season where you may have to be more patient with someone than another season, that you may have to endure a little bit. Look what it says in Romans 15, 5. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another. So God says, hey, I'm a God of endurance. Why would he bring up endurance when he's talking about living in harmony with one another? Because sometimes you got to just endure. There's going to be seasons. I know this isn't popular. You're like, well, who wants to sign up for marriage if you've got to endure? Well, you also get all the good qualities of that passion and romance. That Those are there too, but not every moment. If you're going to go the distance in a relationship, you've got to know that you're still dealing with two human beings that are imperfect. And so you've got to learn to bear with one another at times. And so that's part of it too. So number two, I want to challenge you to develop patience and endurance. That's the key to marital success. If you want to fall in love, get married, and stay married for your entire life, you have to learn that there are seasons to endure. And let me just mention this. It sounds negative. I don't mean it to be, but I just want to encourage you with this. There was a longitudinal study that was done. That's a big fancy word that means over decades. A study was done over decades of a lot of married couples. Here's what they found out. They found that the couples that were unhappy today, currently in their marriage, like even to the point of wanting to divorce, if they would just endure and make a decision to stay in the marriage, not because they felt like it, not because it's what felt good at the moment, but they just said, no, this is the right thing to do. I'm going to endure this. I'm going to hang in there. Within five years, that means under five years, they were happy in their marriage. Think about that for a second. That means that, that we all go through moments when you just think, oh, man, this is just, this is, this is tough. But if you'll just hang in there, guess what? You'll find that you get happy. They said that two thirds of all marriages that are on the brink of divorce, if they'll hang in there, will actually turn around. Two thirds. 
give us 67% chance. That's pretty high of making it good. Now, I can honestly tell you, I've never been at the point of wanting to divorce my wife. I don't think she has. Have you, honey? I don't think you have. Okay, okay, we're good. So neither of us have been at that point, but it doesn't mean that all moments have been great. And so there are times we have to endure and, and, and we have to, to be patient with one another. That's a big deal. But guess what? If you'll do that, those good moments will come back. So you've got to hang in through, there, through the tough seasons. When you, whenever you think, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my marriage. Now, you already decide what you're going to do with your marriage when you said, till death does us part. So you made that decision already. So why are you bringing that back up in your dark moments? Never make a decision about your marriage in your dark moment. You made the decision about that already. Now it's time to fulfill the decision you made when you said, till death do us part. For richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, right? And so we have, we've already made that decision. So I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to hang in there. Now some of you right now, Pastor, I've already blown this. This is really discouraging. I mean, this is just tough for me to hear. You know what? Don't let this be discouraging to you. God is a God of grace, of goodness. He's a God of second chances. Maybe for you it's a third or fourth chance. It's okay. God is a God of second chances, and so it's okay. You say, but I've gone through divorce, and it's over for me, and I, just, I guess I'm just done. I've, just, I've made a mistake, and I can't come back. This is not true. Here's the great thing about God. <laughs> He's making more people. <laughs> so there's more people you can mess up on. Isn't that great? No, you can turn it around. You can, you can ask God to bless you with another great relationship that can turn into a great marriage. And so, but we have to learn to develop patience and endurance. That's, that's all part of it. Next week, by the way, I'm talking about instant relational change. I want to encourage you to be here for that. Those of you who are thinking, I just, I just need to know what like, I can do right now just to make immediate change happen. Now, not instant perfection. That's never going to come. But are there some things we can do that instantly make things better? There are. I want to challenge you to be here next week as we unpack real practical stuff like just do this and it works. And so doesn't that sound great? doesn't mean it's perfect, but it works over time. You'll instantly see some changes though. So be sure to be here next week as we talk about that. And so now one of the things I want to point out about these mugs on this next point, this is a big one because I'm about to drop a, a pretty big bomb on you with some truth here, but I want to point something out. So we can agree that we clearly are better together, right? But really today's message is not about being better together. Today's message is about if you will choose when things are dark and difficult and you're going through a tough season to stay together, being together makes you better. See, the truth is, is that because I'm married to my wife, I'm a better guy. I'm a better man because of her. Does that make sense? And so you know why? When you're single, you can get away with stuff. I don't have to be responsible financially. It's just me. If I want to debt myself, there's no one there to, to ask why in the world I bought that. So I can just do it. When you're single, you can be rude and just leave. When you're single, you can just, you know, do whatever you want. And just, there's no one there to call you out. But when you're married... Oh, there's someone you're accountable to. There's someone who sees your crap, right? They call you on it, you know? And so there, there's someone there who, you know, you can't just do whatever you want. And so what happens is it makes you a better person. See, if I wanted to skip church, I'm single. Eh, no one really probably noticed, no big deal. But, it, but I'm a married man, I've got kids. If I decide to skip out, it would affect my whole family. So you see, it just, it makes me better, doesn't it? That's, that's the thing about, about marriage. It can make you a better person. Now, I'm not suggesting everyone who's married is better than single people because there's plenty of people that, that get married and the marriage grows them up or it doesn't and they probably don't stay married. But the truth is, is that marriage kind of forces your hand to see things in yourself that you don't really want to have to see. That's one of the qualities of marriage. I didn't realize how much of a caveman I was until I got married. I was like, wow, I really am pretty much Archie Bunker. I had no idea until I got married, you know? And Jessica was like, wow, you're really disgusting. I was like, I didn't know. So she, 
My wife only, she grew up with a sister and all her cousins were girls. She had no boy influence in her life at all. Now my daughter, when she gets married, she'll be good because she's have two older brothers. She knows how disgusting they are. She's fully aware, right? You're good. Yeah. So she knows, right? My wife is like, wow, you're so perverted. I'm like, and I'm a pastor and I'm perverted. Just <laughs> imagine the average guy. I'm just saying. She's like, is everything about sex? I'm like, yeah, pretty much. It all comes back to that. You know, but anyways, it's just true. You know, she's like, I can say anything. You, you can sexualize it. I'm like, yeah, you're really, you're right. She's like, hey, I was going to make some, you know, uh, some steaks for dinner. I'm like, oh, I want some steak. She's like, how? How'd you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It just happened really naturally. I don't know why. I just, nothing had to come up. I just thought of it. I don't know. But the truth is this, is that we learn more about each other the longer we're together. And we learn more about how to get along better. You know what? Let me tell you, marriage, I want to tell the, those who are married here, it's okay. I, I want to set you free in a couple things. It's okay to have some subjects you don't talk about a lot. Let me tell you what that really means. It means that you have a past experience in some area, and they do too, and they're sensitive things, and that's okay. This whole idea of like, well, you're not healthy if you don't always talk about everything. I'm like, no, no that's not healthy. Because there's some stuff that has happened to me, and stuff that's happened to my wife, and it's, it's tough. And and so I want to be sensitive to the areas that she needs me to be sensitive and she is sensitive to the areas that I need her to be. That's okay. That's called learning one another. It's okay. I'm not trying to say there's areas we just are not willing to talk about like they're unhealthy because we can't figure things out. I don't mean that. But I'm just saying to know someone is to know that they have hurts and weaknesses and struggles and I, she knows mine and I know hers and it's okay. I just want to give you a little freedom there. That don't think that like, well, we have all these problems and this and that, and there's just some stuff that, that we just have a hard time talking about. Yeah, every couple has that. So let me get this straight. So you thought health meant that everything was always good? You think health means that everything is always smooth and easy? No, that's not health. That's, that's called denial. That's called ignoring things. It's okay to have some things that you work through and some things you just kind of figure out that you're like, we're just a little different in these areas. It's okay. I don't have my wife's experience. She doesn't have mine. And so it's okay for us to have some differences there. It's all right. So I want to encourage you that when you two become one, you really do become one, but that also means that the one is sensitive to the other in certain things. So don't, don't sweat that. I just, I just want to challenge you. That, that we have Hollywood and romanticized relationships into everything being this perfect little soulmate, which somehow means everything is always going to work out and it's always beautiful and it's always smooth and easy. And that's just not true. I mean, I'm just trying to help you. You may say, wait, you're, you're really kind of painting a, a dark picture. I really hope I'm not because in the middle of those moments are also some amazing moments of grace and love and passion and romance and all that's there too. But if you're going to go a distance with someone, this is what you need to know. There is some enduring, there's some overcoming of some things, but at the same time, you learn to love one another as they are, as a broken man, a broken woman, as, a, as someone who's human. So you learn to do that. So one of the things I wanna mention about this whole together becoming better, this next point I wanna mention, before I say it, I just wanna say this. This is the one area that I've had, not all the time, but I've had couples, when I used to do a lot of weddings, I don't because the size of church anymore do very many at all. But when I did almost all the weddings, every once in a while, I would have someone say, could you please take that out of our wedding vows? This one verse. And I was like, and I would always say, no, no, I won't. If you want me to do that, you need to find someone else to marry you. Because what you're really saying is you want marriage on your terms rather than marriage on God's terms. I'm not willing to do that because I have responsibility to stand before God for what, for who I marry. And, 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 and if I feel like I'm, I'm not the judge of your marriage, don't get me wrong. But, I'm the, uh, but I am, I have a judge over my ministry. 
Does that make sense? So I have to answer to God for what I do. And so I take that really serious. So, so occasionally I would have someone say, please take this verse out. But I believe that this is one of the most critical verses in all of the Bible for your marriage. So let me read this verse to you now. Now you're probably piqued interest, right? So here it is. Ephesians 5.21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That may surprise you, but submission is a big deal in marriage. And so, but, but before you freak out and, and run out of the, of the church today, please don't do that. Those of you who say, well, Pastor Bill just doesn't have an open mind. I would actually say, if you won't even hear me out, then you don't have an open mind. So please just hang tight before you freak out as we use the word submission. Notice I did not use the verse first. In Ephesians chapter six, it says, wives submit to your husbands. It does say that. It also says the husband is the head of the wife as Christ, who died for the church, is the head of the church. So I would call it pretty submissive for a man to die for someone, to lay down their life for another. So to not call that submissive, I mean, wow, there, could there be a greater submission? Christ laid down his, he gave his life for us, the bride of Christ. So he led the way in submitting himself to the Father and laying down his life for all of us to meet our needs. So he led by submitting. And so it's with that that I would say, men, lead your home, lead your marriage by being the lead submitter. And if you'll do that, then your wife will not have a problem submitting to your leadership. Do you see the picture I'm painting here? So there is a mutual submission here, but this may surprise you, number three, when submitted to one another, being together makes you better. It just does. Let me give, let me give you one example that comes to my mind when I thought about you know, people, where do you submit to your wife? Here's, here's an area I, I submit to my wife in that I've learned if I don't, oh, it hurts me if I don't. Here's one. I've learned to submit to her discernment. I mean, she is incredibly accurate when she gets a gut feeling about someone, I've learned not to violate that. And she's like, I don't, want, I, just, I don't trust that person. I just think, I don't think they have the best interest in mind. I'm like, oh, honey, it's nobody. And boy, I get burned every time I do that. But if I will listen to her wisdom, dang, she's right a lot. Just, I don't know what it is about, about women in general, and I know I'm generalizing, and not every woman has the gift of discernment, but man, it just seems like men, that women are typically more in tune with people than we are. And so she knows exactly, like, it's amazing with our kids. She's like, she knows, she knows where they're at, what's going on with them. I mean, she's in tune. She just has a discernment about what's going on in their hearts better than I do. Like, we have three kids. She knows exactly kind of what's going on with them, their temperaments, where they're at, what's happening. I'm vaguely aware that three people live in our home. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very different. <laughs> I love our kids, but I mean, she's in tune. She just really is. And so I've learned to listen to that. You know, I was talking to her about this whole submission thing. I, I had someone ask me since they knew her. I was talking about this, one of my staff members said to me, you know, Pastor, can you at least give us a couple examples where you and your wife were just really at an impasse, where you did not agree, but yet, I know the Bible says that you're the leader of your home, and I know your home, and I know your wife will submit to your leadership. Is there an area where, you know, a couple, a couple areas that you just were not in agreement, but a decision still had to be made? And I was like, okay. So I'll call my wife, and I asked permission if I could share a couple of these. And actually, I just said, hey, is there a couple areas that, that you're open to us talking about? We were very open as a family. You, those of you who didn't see it, we had a family panel, and was, we were very open about who we are as, as a family. And so I, I just said, name a few. And so she said, I named one. She said, that's 20 years ago. Name a more recent one. I was like, uh, and she mentioned two. And I was like, okay. So one of them was a, a parenting decision we needed to make. And, and I was 
really wanted to do something that she didn't agree with. She was like, I, babe, I just don't think it's a good idea. And I was like, oh, I, I really think this will be fine. It's no big deal. And she was like, I'm telling you, I, my gut says no. And so we were really debating over several days about this. And so finally, it was like something, a decision had to be made. And so I, I said, babe, I just, I really feel like this is what we should do. And she, this is what she said to me. She said, honey, you know where I stand. You, you, you know where I'm at. You, you know my take on this. I disagree with you, but I'll stand behind whatever decision you want to make. I was like, okay. So I, being the fool that I am, <laughs> decided to go forward with it, and it did not work out. And I got to be the guy to go back to my wife and say, I was wrong. You got that right. I made a mistake. That's important in leadership. If, if you have those moments where you make a decision and the other partner is not crazy about it, and it doesn't go well, you got to own it. And so I remember going back and saying, you're right. I got this one wrong, and so it didn't quite work out. There's another one that was a financial decision. It was an investment opportunity. She wasn't crazy about it. She didn't want to do it. She didn't think the timing was good. I thought the timing was great. I was like, babe, I think we should do this. This is an opportunity that I, I, I don't think is going to come around, uh, and we need to make a decision. She's like, I really don't want to. I really want to. We were totally at odds, and again, she said, look, you know where I stand. I'll support you, and I said, babe, we do have the money. I think this is a wise decision, and that one did work out. So we've had to go both ways. You know, but I want to tell you this. This is important to know this. What never happens in my home is me saying, hey, I'm the leader of our home. If I have to say it, then I'm not being the leader of our home. Like, men, if you have to go home and say, hey, I'm the leader of our home, then guess what, dude? You're not. <laughs> it's like the boss who walks in the office. He's like, hey, I'm the boss. You're like, <laughs> you're not seen as the boss if you're saying that. You just need to know that's not how that works. But if you will serve the other person and put their needs first, then they're more willing in those very rare moments when you need to make a call. And by the way, we had to really think about it. We could only think of three different times in the last five years when I, when I had to really make a call that we just weren't in agreement with. Three times in five years? I bet there's less than 10 times in 20 years. The truth is, is you just need to know this is a rare moment. It's kind of like a church. I'm supposed to be the leader of this church. I know Jesus is the leader of the church. I'm aware of that. But God's placed pastors to lead lead congregations. And so it's very similar here that, you know, I mean, I know I, I'm the final decision maker on some things, but let me tell you right, really what I do, same with my home, I pretty much, the decision I make is to set the tone and general direction. And then almost every other decision is made by other people after that. I'm not making constant decisions. Guys, if, if submission to you is about power, you got it all wrong. In fact, those of you who are nervous, the ladies in the room right now are going, oh, you have no idea what you just did. You have no idea the problem you just created. My husband's going to go now tell me repeatedly, Pastor Bill says, I'm in charge. <laughs> if that's you, let me talk to the dudes in the room who feel that way. If you really want to take the Bible and use that to lord it over your wife, Jesus calls you a Pharisee in the Bible for doing that. That's not a popular term, by the way. That means basically you're using a rule of the Bible to beat someone up. And by the way, if we're going to play the power game, let me play the power game with you, dude. You know what? The Bible also says that you are supposed to submit to your pastor. And guess what I'm telling you right now? Go home and shut up and listen to your wife. Your pastor's talking. Submission is not about power. It's about honor. It's not about power. I want to submit to my wife and her needs. She does the same for me, and it's a blessing. And if it's done right, then what happens is we try to outserve each other and meet one another's needs. I'm just telling you guys, when I really take the time to serve and love my wife and honor her, if I'll do that, things tend to go, to go well for Pastor Bill. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not going to explain that. But anyway, I'm just... 
God blesses this. He blesses honor. He really does. It's a, it's a good, it's a healthy thing. I know, I'm sorry. My daughter's in the front row. She just threw up in her mouth a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize for that. I understand. I understand that. I totally get it. I mean, my parents had two kids. We wanted to believe that they had sex twice. That was it. It was just for us. That was... Okay, here we go. I want to say a truth bomb now. This is for all the singles in the room, okay? I told you I had something for you, just for you. This is a big deal. How many singles are thinking, I'm really tired of being single, and I'm ready to speed this whole process up and just meet the right person? How many of you guys would like to do that, right? Singles in the room, they're like, this is taking forever, and I just wish this would all speed up, right? Wouldn't it be great if there was a way you could actually speed up the process of meeting the man or woman of your dreams? There is a way for that to happen, and it may surprise you. It also has to do with submission. And you're thinking, what? how in the world? I'm not even married to someone. Why do I need to submit to anybody, right? Actually, it has all to do with this. Let me show you the scripture on this. It says in Ephesians 6, verse 3, it says, you will prosper and live a long, full life if you honor your parents. Huh. You said, well, okay, I get it, Pastor. That applies, obviously, to like, you know, a 15-year-old, a 16, 17-year-old. I get that. But I'm 32, man. That doesn't apply. Oh, no, no. Nowhere in the scripture does it say there's an expiration date on age. I still, as a grown man, want to honor my father and my mother. It's still the right thing to do. And so, and if I do that, it comes with the promise. The Bible says, if you'll do this, you'll live a long, prosperous life. So let's just play the opposite of that. Or blow off your parents and live a short, miserable life. Sound good? So nobody wants to do that, right? You think, well, what does that do with relationships? Everything. Let me tell you why. Because you know who will always tell you the truth about your relationships, even when you don't want to hear it, even when you don't ask for advice? Your mom and your dad. How many guys know what I'm talking about? And so in, in not only your mom and your dad, but also your brother and your sister, right? And does anyone else have a brother or sister like this that just tells you things that you didn't ask for? You know what I'm talking about? I see my sister, I'm like, hey, what's going on? She's like, hey, what's up? You're getting a little fat. I'm like, what? What are you, I, I, what? <laughs> well, that's not true. So what'd you weigh last week? Don't, never, none of your business. Siblings, right? And your mom and your dad are just more brutally honest with you than other people. And so what that means is that if you bring home a guy or a girl, if you bring home a boyfriend or girlfriend to meet your parents and to meet your brother and your sister, and they have a, a not so good feeling about it and you ignore that, then you're being a fool. I'm just telling you right now because they see stuff that you're not seeing. And so I don't know what it's about moms, but they can, they can spot an idiot a mile away. They're good at that. You know how I knew that Je one, of the, one of the many ways that I knew Jessica was the one is I would bring girls, you know, home, meet my parents, this and that, whether it was in high school or college, you know, and I was like, hey, we think about so-and-so. Oh yeah, she's sweet. Yeah, she's great. She's nice, you know, and how she treats you? They would ask them, oh, she treats me good this and that. Oh, okay, great. And then one day, finally in college, I brought home Jessica. I was like, hey, this, this is Jessica. I'm really crazy about it. I think she may be the one. And they're like, oh man, she's awesome. She's amazing. How, how are you treating her? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're supposed to ask how she's treating me. And they're like, well, are you treating her right? Bill, you need to treat her right. I was like, whoa, what happened here? Like it all reversed. All of a sudden they were like in her corner more than mine. I was like, what happened? You know? And so they realized this is a keeper. You better not blow this one. And so my sister literally looked at me and was like, are you a freaking idiot? You need to nail that down. That's like, yeah, that's it. Put a ring on that finger. She literally was like about to threaten me. I was like, okay, okay. I know I thought the same thing. It was amazing how accurate they were. Your parents are pretty small. Well, well, my parents aren't even Christians. It doesn't apply to them. No, the Bible, again, doesn't say that. Your parents are who God gave you. They may be a disaster, but you know what? They're still pretty smart people, I bet. Now, again, there's a couple of exceptions. If your parents run a meth lab, then skip this advice. <laughs> but I mean, generally speaking, 
Your parents have your best interest in mind. Does that make sense? And so don't ignore this. This is a big deal, you know? And so you bring home some guy and, and you know, your mom's like, well, I don't know about him, honey. I just don't know. You know, he's, he says he's in a biker gang and he looks like he's very scary and he looks like he fell and tripped in a, a tackle box with all the piercings. I don't know. I'm just nervous, you know? I'm like, no, he's a great guy. Well, if he wasn't a great guy, then why is he doing all the community service? You know, you're like, yeah, that's, no, that's not, not a good sign. Anyways, the point is this. <laughs> no offense if you're a biker gang, by the way. No offense. That was just playing around here. Anyways, the point is this. The point is that your parents see things that you don't see. Let me keep going. This is not just for about, about parenting and about honoring your parents. Look what 2 Peter 2 says. I mean, if I'm going to offend people, I might as well go all the way. So check it out. 2 Peter 2 says this. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority. What? This means singles. You want to speed up your life? Submit to human authority. Let me tell you what that means. You need to submit to a teacher, a coach, a youth minister, small group leader, a pastor, parents, someone that you look up to in your life, maybe a boss, right? Submit to their authority. You say, what does that have to do with anything? Let me tell you what that has. It has to do with everything. Let me tell you why. Because you, this is really important. Here's the truth bomb. Oh, I didn't say the truth bomb yet. Here it is. Ready for the truth bomb? I'm going to write this down. An unsubmitted life is what, you, is what gets you into the wrong relationship. An unsubmitted life gets you into the wrong relationship. Here's what I mean by that. If you ignore your friends and your family, uh, your youth pastor, your college minister, whoever is authority in your life, if you ignore when they say, I don't know about that guy, I don't know about that girl, you ignore it and get in a relationship anyways, you are asking for problems. It's set up for disaster. If all your friends are going, what are you doing? You need to listen to that because they see things you don't see. They see your blind spots. And so this is why it's so valuable to be submitted to authority. But let's, let's play this out for a second. So let's say you're dating some guy, girls, and he just, he just blows off every police officer. Oh, they're a bunch of pigs and idiots. No, they're not. There's occasionally a bad one. But you know what? Police officers deserve honor. They protect us. They guard us. They keep us safe. They go in harm's way for us. It's sick that people would call them names like I just said. It's wrong. And so we should honor that. Well, I know of an officer. Yeah, we all know of one out of a thousand. Don't blow off authority. When you do that, you're hurting yourself. It's not the right thing to do. I, I, I feel bad. I didn't even mean to say the word pig. That's, that's wrong. But I don't know how else to communicate to you when someone has a kind of an attitude towards someone like that. That says more about them than it does the person they're criticizing. Let me just ask you this. Ladies, you'll be married to a guy who won't listen to a police officer, won't listen to a teacher, won't listen to a coach. Well, makes you think they're going to listen to you. They won't listen to anyone in authority? That's a disaster waiting to happen. Well, I don't need authority. I can do whatever I want. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all about myself. i got so much talent in the building. I don't need to listen to anybody. Okay, uh, great, Antonio Brown. Good luck getting on the team. <laughs> I don't care how much talent you have. You better submit yourself to someone or you're done. So that's the thing, people go, oh, I'm all that. You may be all that, but you're all nothing without others. So we need to learn to humble ourselves. In this society, it's all about ourselves. We need to learn to humble ourselves or be really comfortable dying at an old age alone. Guys, I'm, I'm trying, this is why I call it a truth bomb, because it can hurt, but it works. And so I want to challenge you, don't ignore authority. Don't ignore the people God put in your life. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 13. Obey your, your leaders, submit to them, for they keep a watch over you, your souls and those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy, not with grief, for this would not be profitable for you. 
This is unprofitable for you. So if you blow off authority, you can blow off this submission. That's the stupidest term I've ever heard. You can blow it off all you want. Good luck in your marriage. Because if you don't learn to submit to one another, you're going to have a hard time staying married. So you don't have to agree with my advice at all. You can totally disagree with my advice. You just need to know you're probably going to be alone. Because nobody's interested in being with someone who thinks they're so important that they can't listen to anybody. Nobody wants to be with someone like that. Humility is a game changer. And so God has designed it singles. If you ignore, here's the funny thing. I know singles will do this. They go, oh, I mean, my mom and dad aren't crazy about who I'm dating, but you know what? It's my life. I can do what I want. My friends aren't crazy about this person. I talked to a youth minister or, or a pastor and they gave me all kinds of warnings, but you know what? I'm, forget that. I can make this work. Okay, so what do you do? Then you get mad at your boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't know why. Why don't you come to church with me? I told you, you gotta come to church with me. And I don't know why you're not into the God and into the Bible. I don't know what the problem. And so what you're mad at them about is that they won't submit to what you wanna turn them into. So you're mad at them that they won't submit to you because you're in a relationship because you didn't submit to all the people around you. You see the irony here? And so, as I said a few weeks ago in the message, if you're trying to make it fit, it's counterfeit. That's not the relationship. I will tell you, I'm really proud of the fact that I've broken up thousands of couples over the years here at Church Unlimited. <laughs> but by doing that, it's opened the door for you to be ready for the right person. And God will bless this. He will bless it. An unsubmitted life is what gets you into the wrong relationship. So how do you get out of the wrong relationship? You break up. That's how. You say, what if I got in the wrong relationship and I'm married to that person, then it's not the wrong relationship. Then God, by his grace, ordained that relationship, no matter how you ended up at that altar. I don't care if it was in front of you know, Elvis doing the ceremony in Vegas, you ended up getting married. And so you gotta know that God's hand is on it at this point and God will turn things around. But if it is not a covenant relationship, you do have the option of getting out of the relationship. It's okay to do that, nothing wrong with that. Oh, but we've been together for so long. So length of mistake means it's not a mistake? That doesn't, that doesn't fix that. So don't waste your time. And don't waste their time. It's just, it's just hurting you. It's just wasting your time. So I want to challenge you to make sure you honor God. No, I'm not uh, suggesting divorce. No, that, that's not it. If you're married, it's different. But if you're not married and you're fighting, if you're not married and you're not getting along, why are you continuing? It doesn't even make sense. So just in a real practical way, I want to say that, that when God brings someone to you, you're going to get along. You're going to connect. You're going to connect well. And I know every single person hates to hear this, but it's really true when married couples say, when they say, how'd you know? And you, you always say the same thing. Don't we all say, you just know. It's really true. That's, it'll just click. You'll be like, wow, this is just it. I just know. And so it doesn't mean it's all perfect after that, but you just, you have a knowledge about it. You'll be like, wow, it's almost like God made me for you. That, that's because God did and you'll just know. Singles wait for that. It's worth the wait. And so don't be afraid to end something if it's really not what God has for you. So how do you speed it up? Here's how you do it, singles, real quick. Let me say this real fast. Here's how you do it. I would find someone who is godly, who honors God in their life, of the same sex that you are. So, because the Bible says, let the older men teach the younger men. Let the older women teach the younger women. Okay? Now, the problem in our church is I can't find any women that admit that they're older, so it kind of breaks down. But... <laughs> Let the older women teach younger women. Let the older men teach younger men, okay? And so find someone who is married that is in a great marriage, okay? So if you're a young man, find a man that you look up to. Like, wow, this guy's got it going on. He's got a great family. His career's on track. He's really honoring God. His kids are, are great. They're not perfect, but they're great. It's like, wow, that's the kind of marriage I want. That's the life I'm going for. And go to that person 
and ask them two questions. Here's the questions I want to challenge you to ask them. The first question is this. What do I need to do to become the man or woman God meant for me to be? This is sort of a general question. Like, just tell me what you did so that I can do it to get where you are. Like, look, God's obviously blessing your life. I, I want what you have. So how do, I, how do I do that, right? Then here's the second question. If you'll ask the second question and really listen, you want to take notes when, when, when they answer this question, because it's going to hurt, but this is where you grow. This is the second question. Here it is. What are my blind spots? Ask them, what are my blind spots? And let them ask some probing questions back to you. Hopefully this works best if you know the person already. What are my blind spots? And when they tell you things that hurt your feelings, don't defend it, change it. Because there's a lot of singles, I know, they're like standing there, they're like, what is up? There's single people walking right by me as if I'm not here. I don't know why. That's because they see something about you you don't see about yourself. So you need another godly person to help remove those blind spots. And by the way, when you're married, continue to do this. I still do this. I have a mentor that I ask at least once a year, what are my blind spots? What am I, this is another way of asking. I say this, what, am I, what have I not asked you? I'll have a list of questions to ask him. What have I not asked you that I should be asking you? And he'll say, well, you didn't ask me this, but you should have. So ask me this, I'll ask him. He says, now here's the answer. Get those blind spots removed. Because once you fix those things, it's like magic. Suddenly people that want to date me appear. Because whatever was in the way gets fixed. The guy goes to the you know, older man, I don't know what's wrong. I can't seem to attract the right woman. And he says, tell me about your, your job. Oh, I work at such and such. Uh, do you have a, a degree? No. Why don't you go back and get some schooling? Well, I, well I'm, I got a job. Yeah, but your job is not a career job. Women notice that. Go get a career job. Well, I can't. I have to have a degree. Right. So go back and get some school. And then get yourself into that career job. And you'll be amazed and how when you're going somewhere, someone that's also going somewhere wants to join you. Things like that start to appear out of nowhere. It's because they're helping you see some blind spots you may not have seen in yourself. Last thing is this. I want to wrap it up, okay? So that truth bomb applies to everyone, not just singles. I think uh, young married people, old, I'm middle-aged married, and I'm still looking to mentors as well. It's important we do that. But, okay, last one is this, and this is really important. Romans 12, verse 10 says this, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. And this is a big point too, number four. No amount of romance, gifts, and sex will make up for the lack of honor towards one another. This is a big deal because everybody was like, oh, I want that passion back. Well, here's the thing. No amount of romance, gifts, or sex. In other words, like you can buy her whatever you want. I mean, you, I'm, I'm gonna buy a new car. They'll fix everything. No, then you'll just be two ticked off people in the same nice car together. That's, that's all that means. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to take her for a trip around the world. Now you're in a different zip code mad at each other. That doesn't fix it. You see the problem? Oh, we'll just have mad, passionate sex. It'll fix everything. Maybe for a day. Maybe for a day or two. And then that fades too. The, the, the bottom line is honor is the game changer. Really, you know what really the whole submission thing is about? It's about honoring one another. What does honor look like? Just imagine if you did this. And it, this is not something we actually do, but if you want to do it, great. But just imagine you, your, your wife or, or, or your husband comes home from work and you walk, they walk in the door and you see them for the first time for the day and all of a sudden you drop to your knees and go, oh, you're amazing. <laughs> just imagine honoring someone like that, right? And so because it's like we stop and go, oh my gosh, what an incredible gift God gave me when they gave me you. Every once in a while I wake up and I roll over and I'm like, oh, God, don't tell anyone there's a really beautiful blonde in my bed. <laughs> this is awesome. Thank you for this gift from you. And I've learned if I'll just remember that 
she's a gift from God, then God will bless our marriage. Because people are a gift from God. They really are. It's not a white elephant gift. It's a gift, okay? It's not a bad gift. <laughs> They're a gift from God. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you take a moment today? Maybe your prayer today is to say, wow, I, I've never thought about submission that way. It's, it's a mutual thing. I didn't realize it. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe your prayer today is to say, God, I've got to admit that I've been a little stubborn lately. And where I'm stubborn, surprise, surprise, is the sticking point in my marriage. Of course, that's how that works. So Lord, rather than being stubborn, I'm going to replace that word with submission. I'm going to submit to the needs of my spouse. I'm going to put them first. I'm going to honor them. But, 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 but Pastor, what if, whoa, whoa, if I'm right? Well, do you want to be right or do you want to be in relationship? Sometimes it's one or the other. It's okay to say, my relationship is more important than me proving my point. And who's to say you're right anyways? They think they're right. You think you're right. Let's be in relationship. That's more important. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe your prayer today is to say, God, I lift my hand high to you because I want to submit to my spouse. I want to honor them. Maybe you're single and you say, I want to submit and honor my spouse. I don't even know them yet. By submitting to authority, by listening to the wisdom of others, Maybe your prayer today is that, Lord, I need to submit to this sermon, to the truth of your word. I need to submit to God by submitting to his truth. Lord, help me to begin to honor authority. Help me to begin to honor my coaches, my teachers, my, my friends, my mother, my father, my boss. I want to begin to be a person of honor so that when I do meet that person that you have for me, that I'll honor them. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you've never bowed the knee to Jesus to honor him, to put him first, the Bible says to make him your Savior and your Lord. Savior means he saves you from hell. It's very true. It's very real. And he'll give you heaven. But it also means Lord, which means that you bow a knee to him and say, I honor you. I put you first. You're before me. That's what it is to become a Christian. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, you can receive Christ right now. Pray this simple prayer with me. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. Please forgive me for my sins. I realize you died for my sins, and I believe you rose again. Please come in my heart. Change me from within. Be my Lord and my Savior. I repent of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.